welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the He vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. And with me, I got Alex and new member of He vs. the World, Anthony. Um, say what's up to the people real quick, Ant. What's up, everybody? And then let's see, we got Alex. You want to say anything to the crowd? Hey, what's up, man? So we're on a five-game win streak right now. So five games down, 23 more to go to beat the um, big threes. 27 game win streak. I was wondering why you had 23 more to go below your um thing. So now that I've seen that, <laughs> it all makes sense now. But yes, sir, yes, sir, we're here. And after last pod, you know, we had last pod and then this came breakdown. We were kind of trying to make sense of everything. Well, the heat won in our last pod, so not too much, but y'all know how it was. These last couple of weeks, there was a lot of stress within Heat Nation because we went out, we lost four straight games, and obviously nobody was feeling good after that loss to Brooklyn, but then we bounced back against uh, Los Angeles, and then we go on the road. We're currently on a four-game road trip, but we won three of the four games, so here we are. Miami goes in San Antonio yesterday, and they get the job done. It was an insane game. We were down by 19 at one point, and it wasn't looking good. And it just felt like a game of runs because every time that Miami was playing good and it seemed like they were cutting into the lead, boom, San Antonio came back. It drove me nuts because we were up by, like, three at one point, And, like, five seconds later, we went to go down by 11, you know, so... It is what it is, though. We were able to go out there and get the win. You know, not only did Bam continue to do his thing, putting his putting the team on his back, but then you have Duncan Robinson, who had another great performance for the Heat. You know, you got to love it. I mean, shoot, the dude was getting so much hate ever since the day came when he signed that contract. So to see him finally have a season where, as of right now, he's playing good, where last year he didn't really show up much until it was playoff time, and then the year before, he just wasn't that good throughout the whole season altogether. To see him go out there and play good, it's great to see that. You also had Josh Richardson, who had a great game. And one thing I got to say is that I know a lot of people were in high on him because the dude was struggling like crazy these first few games. But I think people got to understand, you know, Josh Richardson, for the last four years, he's been on these teams with these terrible systems. And I got to tweet about this. He was playing and, you know, having to go through all of that. But he's finally back with the team that was able to make him thrive when he first came into the league. And even though it didn't happen right away, I think he was able to use his time to adjust. And y'all got to remember, the dude was even injured in the preseason. So he didn't exactly have the best amount of time to work with. But he went out, he was able to adjust to the same system that he was able to produce greatly in before he got traded for Jimmy and all that. And now we're starting to see him cook. So great performance by him. Jaime continuing to do his thing. And overall, great win. So I want to pass the mic to you guys. And we'll start off with you, Ants. Like, how do you feel after this game for the Heat? You know, it's it's another 
it's another heat win is really how I would explain it because I mean, the heat are never a team that's going to blow other teams out. It's never going to be that way. It's never been that way since the Jimmy Butler era here. It's always close games, you know? So I think that's going to continue, but it's good to see them winning. I think the main reason we won this game against San Antonio is it comes down to this, the turnover stats. I mean, the heat ended with four turnovers San Antonio had 17. So, I mean, down the stretch, that played a huge part in it. Along with Duncan Robinson's great performance, I think he had like 26 points. So, really impressive stuff from him. And then I think, you know, Webin Yama had a, had a solid start. I was, I was worried going into the night because, I mean, he's just such a freak of nature. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen with him. And I think Adebayo played really good defense on him down the stretch. Yeah, because that was the thing. Like, there were times where Wemby was driving me nuts. Because the thing is, how do you stop a guy of his size and everything, you know? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like, everything just came so easy to him. When you look at some of the dunks he got, some of the looks he had and everything. And, you know, it's so hard even for a guy who we consider as a great defender in Bam to go out there and try to stop him, you know? Because, yeah, like, he might be our defensive player of the year always, but... You know, how do you stop a guy of this nature, you know? And, I mean, the only thing we got going for us right now is the fact that he's still a rookie. He's still inexperienced. But I'm telling you, like, Victor is definitely going to be a problem down the line. Because especially with San Antonio, like, if they can just develop him right, which I'm sure they will. I mean, shoot. I mean, I'm trying to see the Heat win a championship real quick before that man takes over the league. So, they better do it real quick while he's still young and upcoming. But, Alex, how about you, though? So, yeah, um, so I had a game yesterday, but it, it worked out to where right when our game ended, we were on the way back, um, back to the school, and I was able to sit and watch the Heat game on my iPad. And it was absolutely insane because the head coach on my team, he's a Spurs fan, so we were sitting there. We were sitting there watching the game together. And the Spurs shot 19 of 44 from three yesterday. Like, it was like every time somebody let the ball go from three, it went in. And it was just it – was, it was rough to start. But um, like we said, man, Duncan had a great game yesterday. He had 26, five boards, four assists, which is – it's crazy now. He's putting the ball on the floor. And I, I tweeted it yesterday during the game. I was like, yo, Duncan – if you if you've seen his Sioux Falls highlights, I was like Duncan is playing right now with the Heat, like he did with Sioux Falls. Um, also, another stat that I'm looking at right now for the for the Heat team, we shot 28 for 30 from the free throw line. Like that's huge. That's huge for us. Obviously, Ant talked about the turnovers, which was also huge. But um, man, like Joel was saying, man, once once Wimby figures it out, I have no idea what the rest of the league is gonna do. Um, right now, I'm glad that he's out there jacking up a bunch of threes instead of just going and standing in front of the basket and them throwing him lobs. But, um, but yeah, man, that was a solid heat win. We buckled down. Um, Kevin Love had a great third quarter. Well, I think he scored all 12 of his points in the third. But, man, that, yeah, that was a solid heat win. Right. And, you know, when you look back at the game, I mean – 
Shoot. I mean, at this point, you can't help but just realize that this is the Miami Heat. You know, they might give you a couple heart attacks here and there, but the team is still going to find a way to get the job done. So you can't even be mad about it. And this team thrives with clutch games. So that's another thing as well. So, like, with all of that being said, I mean, I just want to know from you guys, when you look at this squad and you look at, you know, because the thing is what people need to understand is that this is a squad that's still trying to figure some stuff out. You know, that's something that we realized, you know, as we were in that four-game losing streak. And even though we're now in this five-game winning streak, you know, there still seems to be some things that the squad could try to figure out as the season goes on. So I just want to know from you guys, like, has there been anything that stood out from you guys in this winning streak that you noticed was kind of like an issue, you know, when you look back on the struggles that the Heat were able to kind of bounce back from? Like, well, I'll pass the mic to you this time, Alex. Um, during the win streak, other, other than like the first quarter, I, well, yeah, other than the first quarter, I think yesterday, it's honestly... I'm I'm looking back through our box scores and a lot of these games we've had explosive starts. Like like I'm looking at um that Wizards game where we, we scored 30, 34 in the first quarter, and then we had a 41 point quarter in the third. Or against the Lakers, we we had um shoot, we outscored them in the in the third 28-20. Like there's there's these quarters that you can go back and look through um, through these five games that we've had where we've kind of sort of had an explosive scoring quarter. And at the beginning of the season, like the offense was looking clunky and wasn't flowing like yesterday during the first quarter. How we looked yesterday during the first quarter, we've had too many of those. And honestly, we've had too many of those in the, in the fourth quarters um, of our first few games. But yeah, like the offense had found a rhythm and a flow and guys, it seemed like guys were trusting what we were trying to get to and the different triggers and actions. And it made it a, it's made it a lot easier for us to um, get points on the board during this, during this streak. Right. And what about you, Anthony? I mean, to me, the biggest issue the Heat still have, honestly, it, it's got to be their playmaking and more specifically their point guard play. I know Kyle Lowry had two two nice games, but I just don't think we can expect him to sustain it at this point in his career. I mean, he's, he's well past his prime, and that's the reality of it. So I think come to the trade deadline, I think the Heat need to look at another option at point guard, whether I saw a report earlier about Alex Caruso potentially, who I think would be a really solid fit um, on both ends of the floor. And one guy I've also preached about is John Wall, potentially. You can get him for very cheap. And, I mean, we might as well see if he has anything left. Right. And, like, you know, to add on to that, I mean, you have Kyle Lowry. And the thing is, I know, like, the game before the Spurs when he almost had a triple. Well, no, was it that game specifically? Because I know he played good, but I think it was the game before he almost had the triple-double, I believe. It was the game before the Spurs game, yeah. Right. So, you know, he's been playing good. But as you mentioned, Ant, like, 
you can't expect them to continue playing at a high level, especially at this age. And, you know, God forbid it, but there's, I mean, last night it was simply because of the fact that it was the second um, night of a back-to-back. But, you know, you can't rely on him to be healthy either. So you have to think that there might be a stretch where maybe he pulls a hamstring or something. And before you know it, he might be out for a week or so. And it will put Miami in a tough situation where maybe you have to go to a guy like a Drew Smith or someone. And I know not a lot of Heat fans want to hear that man's name. He did low-key have an okay game yesterday. So, you know, he's free from the slander, for now at least. But, (laughs) I mean, when you look at it, the Heat just don't have much depth in that point guard rotation. So, if you can go out and get, like, an Alex Caruso or whoever else is out there, I mean... By all means, you have to go out there and get it done because at the end of the day, like like we we just mentioned, you don't know what's going to be the case for Kyle, whether if it's the health or whether if he goes out there and continues to have stinkers here and there, you know? Like, he will have good games like the one he had um, recently. I know he will, like, here and there, but it's not something you can just rely on consistently. And... I want to know from you, Alex, like, is there anything you want to add on when you look at this current situation with our point guard rotation? Um, I think Ant did a great job of talking about the fact that that is the position of need for us. And I mean, obviously, I don't want to don't want to go back and open up this wound, but the heat, we put all our eggs in the Damian Lillard basket. So they didn't go out and look to get or look to add a point guard because everybody, well, Heat Twitter thought it was signed, sealed, delivered. We didn't know behind the scenes that the Blazers and and the man who shall not be named was not talking to the Heat. And so, like I said, when we put our eggs in that Damian Lillard basket and, and there was talks about us signing this guy or signing that guy to be Dane's backup, and we got left with egg on our face and Kyle Lowry as the only only point guard. And then we went into camp with people talking about bringing, um, giving Jamari Bouye a standard contract because he could score and Kendrick Nunn trying to come back. Like, we were down bad. So, like Ant said, I mean, Caruso will be a great, a great fit for us. Um, he's a big guard, can defend really well. Shoots the ball pretty well. Obviously, the Bulls look like a dumpster fire right now, so we'll see what happens with them. Um, I've always been a John Wall fan, so I I totally understand that um, that possibility of looking at him for cheap. But yeah, Drew Smith. He's I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was one of those who was dreading Drew Smith minutes, but he's growing on me. Like he's he's tenacious defensively. He got good size yesterday in 27 minutes. He had 12, four, and three. So, I mean, he's he's doing his job. But, yeah, like, if there is an opportunity going towards the um, the trade deadline for us to upgrade at that point guard spot, I mean, we definitely should take it. Right. So, you know, overall, you know, we, we you guys brought up some great points and – you know, hopefully the Heat can continue to try to go out there and make some moves to improve this team because, you know, I, I, I think we can all agree that this team definitely has the potential to maybe go far again, you know. 
I just do feel like we should at least try to this time make a move at the deadline, you know, try to at least make some improvements. And maybe I'm even wrong with that because I thought this team was screwed last year when I saw we didn't make any moves and I was clearly wrong about that. So I, I will listen. I will never doubt this team again because Lord knows I was wrong like crazy last time. But if we can just at least try to make a couple improvements come to deadline, that would make me feel good. And I know it would make a lot of Heat fans feel great because it does seem like this team does need some new blood. And you have guys like Abam Adebayo who's even hinted at it, mentioning that this team could probably use a couple new faces here and there. So while we can talk about that all day, I do want to go into this next question. And it's kind of interesting because... First of all, before I even ask, I feel like this is kind of a great situation to be in because it's such a good debate. And I just want to know, who do you guys currently think is the fourth best player on this Heat team? Because, you know, there are a lot of names you can throw in there. One of them is Caleb Martin, you know, the guy that was literally one um, vote away from being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Like, think about it you had Jimmy only beating him by one vote which is insane you know so you have something like that in Caleb he hasn't played at all this regular season so you know while he's been on the bench you've seen some other guys step up guys like you know a Duncan Robinson and then also you've seen Haywood Highsmith do his thing you know then you also want to throw in maybe a guy like Josh Richardson as a dark horse candidate you know a lot of people have been throwing all these names in there i think jay rich as i mentioned before the show kind of a little too early because you know i know he's been injured and now he's starting to bowl out but you know you see those other couple names i mentioned in a d rob and a haywood eismith like they've been showing up and doing their thing as well so I want to know from you guys, like, who do y'all think is the fourth best player on the Heat? Because we know Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, you know, those are your top three. Jimmy and Bam is kind of interchangeable because, you know, Bam has been the best player so far this season. But then you can't underestimate what Jimmy does in the playoffs. So it's kind of interchangeable right now. Tyler is definitely number three for sure. And then that fourth spot, which seems like it could be open to a handful of names. So... I want to hear from you guys. Like, who is that number four player for us? We'll start off with you, Anthony. To me, I think it is Haywood. Um, To me, it's between him and Duncan. But what really sets Haywood apart to me from all of those other names is what he brings on the defensive end and the consistency that comes with it because a lot of those guys all rely on their offensive game, right? I mean, we see it with Duncan. He's been... He's been diversifying his offensive game this year a lot, you know, cutting, driving, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's still a shooter. And I think he shot like one of 10 from three just the other game. So to me, games like that drop him behind Haywood because we've seen Haywood lock down a lot of superstar players this year. I know when he was guarding Trey Young in the Hawks game, I know Young finished with a lot of points, but when Haywood was on him, he was consistently chucking up bad shots. So to me, I think the defense of Haywood is the the set-apart factor out of all of those guys that puts him at number four. Interesting. And how about you, Alex? Anyone that's in your mind right now? Um, before the season, I was hoping and praying that it was Nikola Jovic, but obviously 
we know he obviously did something to Spo and can't get off the bench. Yo, but, there's um, something going on. There's got to be something. I, I wanted him to get minutes so bad, man. It's just not happening. Especially what? Especially the game before last one. Once, once, once I saw that um that Jimmy was out, it was just like, Dad, like is Jovic gonna get get an opportunity? And no. But that all being said, right now for me. I honestly, I think it's it's really a coin flip between Duncan and Jaime Jaquez Jr. Man, that rookie does not play like a rookie. Like I know there have been a few games where he is hasn't shot very well. Like for instance, that um that Brooklyn game, I'm looking at it right now. He he went one for nine from the field, which is definitely not not okay. But like for him to be uh, an older rookie. For for Spo to trust him in games to guard a Jason Tatum or or a, um, LeBron James, like he's getting those assignments as a rookie, and then on top of that, these last few games, like he's had three straight games over double figures. He had 11, 20, and eleven again. Like what he brings on offense and his tenacity and and toughness on defense, it's um. It speaks volumes for why the Heat picked him at the 18th pick instead of a guy like a Cam Whitmore, who everybody thought was going top 10, who slipped out into what I think he was like number 20 or 21. Like Jaime is definitely um, definitely showing and proving that he was a, a really good pickup for us. And yeah, man, like Duncan, he's just, like I said earlier in the pod, he's just, He's growing. He's growing and getting more comfortable for our eyes. I saw a stat on Twitter yesterday during the game how um, the last two seasons his unassisted bucket percentage was like under like eight percent, and this year his unassisted buckets is in the twenties. Like he, like I said, man, he's just getting more comfortable, getting into his bag more, playing like he's playing like he's in Sioux Falls, man. So it's a tie between those two guys. Just depends on the night which one um which one has to me. Right. So I want to look at these names real quick because, well, like I was saying before, as I was you know getting into this topic, what a great thing for us that we're able to even have this type of discussion. The fact that we can put so much players in this discussion to be that fourth best guy for us. You know, like you would think we're DJ Khaled the way Howard is suffering from success right now because. Look at this, man. I mean, you talking about Haywood Highsmith. Maybe it's Duncan. You know, you throw in Jaime, which is crazy. Because like you mentioned, Alex, the dude is just a rookie, you know. And like and you mentioned, the dude is basically an NBA-ready type player. And the fact that Spo has so much trust in him makes me see that the dude has a lot of potential. And, you know, I, I was also leaning towards Duncan because of the fact that one thing about him that I just love is that connection that him and Bam have. You know, like, you see it in the game. Those two have great chemistry, and it leads to both of those guys being able to get some buckets up for the Heat. However, at the same time, you mentioned a great argument, Anthony, because Haywood Highsmith, I don't know. Like, I trust him whenever he's guarding some of these guys because he's turning into such a great 3 and D player for us. You know, he's able to hit those shots here and there while also, you know, being put in these positions where he can guard some of the tougher scorers in the league. So for him to go out there and do that, it is great to see. 
And, I mean, I don't even know who I would pick as the fourth best player for the Heat because we're going to have to see what happens when Caleb comes back. So, I mean, as of right now, I don't even want to say he's the best fourth player because it's not fair to the other guys that's been bowling out this season. So, just because he hasn't played a regular season game yet, or at least, wait, did he? I don't know. It's already been kind of a long year. He started the Detroit game, but that was about it. Oh, okay. Okay, so okay, but obviously that's just one game. So yeah, so um yeah, so we'll we're we're looking at guys like Haywood, um Duncan, and let's see, Haywood Duncan, and let's see, Jaime is still pretty young, so I don't know if I would really put him in there just yet. I still think he can develop more before we can legitimately put him at that. Um, well, when I say four spot, I don't mean power forward, although he would be a good four. Um, but you know, being at the number four spot is the best player on the squad. So for me right now, it is between Duncan and Haywood Highsmith at least because it seems like both of those guys have shown up for the heat when it really matters the most. And I just want to know, like, is there anything any of you guys want to add in there, you know, as we look into this type of discussion? Like anything I want to throw in? You know, I think I think Alex made a great point about – uh Ame Hakez. Um to me he's probably number six right now just because he is still so young behind Duncan and Haywood. But I mean just the confidence he plays with as a rookie. And it's weird to think about that he's a rookie because he is 23. I mean, Jovic yeah. is what, almost two years younger than him. So mm-hmm. that's always something weird to me to think about. But for him to be an NBA rookie and play with the kind of confidence he is on the offensive end is really impressive. Right. And I want to know, like, Alex, is there anything that you think of specifically when you look at, like, perhaps a Haywood Highsmith being at that number four spot? Because I don't know, it oh. does seem really close between Duncan and Haywood if you think about it. So, like like Anthony was talking about, man, um, Haywood, Haywood's growth – from last year to this year in regards to obviously being able to guard people because we saw that all last year. But now this year, being able to knock down shots when he's open and being a threat from there, um, from the three-point from the three-point line, more so than he was last year, like that's, that's huge for us. Um, obviously, coming into the season, I said, I said what I said jokingly about um, Jovic, but, I mean – Everybody, we all would have thought that at this point we would have been talking about how how much Caleb Martin was was helping us out coming off the bench or or doing whatever role that Spo had for him. And what I think he only he's only played in like yeah one game we said, and so it's it's honestly it's it's a good place to be where we have this conversation where um, we really can look at multiple guys on our team at this moment and say, yo, Haywood is the fourth. Nah, Duncan is the fourth best player. Nah, shoot, it might be Jaime, who's a rookie. Like, it's it's a good place to be in. Exactly. And, you know, you got my bird chirping right now over here because even he agrees with you. And, you know, it's just like like we already mentioned, you know, it's a great conversation to have. And don't mind my bird because he's getting a little too excited right now. Um, it's just overall a great conversation to have, and it shows you how good this team is, the fact that we have so much guys you can put into this discussion. And 
you know, while we can, you know, discuss something like this all day, because like I said, there's so much good points that can be make, made for a guy like a Duncan Robinson and like a Haywood Highsmith. But I want to now dive into um, and something else real quick. And it's about Bam Adebayo because the dude has been amazing for the Heat. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, even when Jimmy has been trolling throughout this regular season so far, Bam has put this team on his back. And it's something that you love to see. And it makes me happy because one thing I want for him is to make an all-NBA team. I feel like he deserves it. And most importantly, I want to see him get paid, too. I want to see him get the bag. So I just want to know from you guys specifically, like, do you guys think that with Bam right now, do you guys think that we're this might finally be the year where he will actually make an all-NBA team? We'll start off with you, Alex. Um, it, it's looking like it. I mean, the guy, he's, he's so much more confident on the offensive end, which is something that we've been looking for as, as, um, heat fans for years, like just wanting Bam to be way more aggressive. And right now, I mean, he's obviously, like you said, Jimmy's been trolling this whole, um, this whole entire season so far. And I mean, Tyler's been out what three games, but with all that being said, like Bam is our leading scorer right now. Like he's averaging 23.2, which is just a little bit over over Tyler, I think, at this moment. And so I definitely think that that this is this is the year where I mean, I know people were talking about like Tyler taking more of the offensive reins, but it's looking like Bam is still being able to be that defensive player of the year type of guy and go down on the offensive end and damn near score at will um, whenever we need a bucket. So I'm, I'm excited to see Bam's continued growth throughout the rest of the season. Right. And it's just the confidence he has in those shots too. You know, I saw last night in those games, in that game against San Antonio, you know, he just put it up there and he was able to hit it here and there. So you know, I just feel like it's probably going to be the year, you know. I think he should at least be second. Well, you know what? Definitely probably third team because at the end of the day, you do have guys like Jokic and Embiid. So, you know, at least to see him go out there and get that type of accolade and get his bag, like, that's all I want to see for him because you always want to see your guys get their flowers that they deserve. And, Anthony, how about you? Um, answering your initial question about Adebayo making the All-NBA team, I think it's it's a toss-up, really, because I think Embiid and Jokic have those first two teams locked down. I mean, they're just in a tier of their own. And then that third team spot is kind of between Adebayo, Sabonis, Porzingis, maybe even Carl Anthony Towns who's playing pretty well this year. But, you know, if the season ended today, I would put Bam in that third team. But talking a little bit more about the uh, scoring on the Heat, to me, I mean, I think it's a little misleading that Bam's the leading scorer right now just because Tyler had six points in the game he got injured in. So that kind of tanked his average. But he was averaging 25 before that game. And I do believe that if he was healthy, he deserves to be the number one option on this team's offense. Good point. And, you know, I want to now go to our guy, K. Um, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, boss? How y'all doing? Sorry about being late, but y'all know I'll be working sometime. 
You're good. No worries. So right now, um, so I just want to know quick question. So before we get into this BAM discussion, because I do want to hear your opinion on it, who do you think right now is the fourth best player on the Heat? Just put it out there and, you know, we'll go from there. It's an argument. Like, the natural reaction and a lot of people want to go Hame. Um, however, when you look at what he's done, there are about four guys who could step up on any given night and be that fourth guy. What you're talking about, Caleb, when he's healthy, whether you're talking about Kyle Laurie at times from the plays he makes, the verbosity of his shots, the moments of which he hit those shots. Um, of course, like I said, you have to throw Hame in there. But then if you look at last night, which I've been screaming off of every rooftop I can, um, we're recording this on Monday. So by last night, we mean Sunday. Um, if all is all, Duncan Robinson, you know, can very well so be your fourth best player. Um, on a regular basis, especially what he's showing. Um, and if you get him the touches, I think I, you know, mentioned it last night um, and it was kind of like tongue in cheek, but it was almost like real. It's like, no, we actually got to be thinking Spo, um, who I like, you know, affectionately called Captain Insano because the man is nuts. But um, we got to thank him because it's like you almost have to attribute, you know, what we're seeing Duncan do to the fact that he watched Spo give max five times the rope and leeway and he said well i gotta do something because i don't know what i'm gonna do to get on the floor if he allowing him to do this and i still can't get the tick love max i mean so this is not a knock against him it's just literally what we saw and i think i screamed it on every appearance i made last season um so it's just like with the rope and with the leeway um and the freedom of movement on the court that he's showing now and has now in this offense I mean, you can make the case that one of four different guys could be your fourth best player on any given night. And to overall answer the question, it's just hard to answer the question because that is the case. I know, like, you know, revisionist history, recently bias, we all want to say Hame, but it's like, yo, Duncan can step up and be that guy. Kyle can be that guy. Hell, I mean, there were nights in the playoffs where Kevin Love was that guy because he was the guy making the big threes. So, I mean, even if you want to throw him into the mix, because, I mean, what was it, last night? Again, Sunday, I think what was his third quarter where he had 12 straight or something like that. So, I mean, nope. it's fluid, bro, but that's what makes the heat the heat. Like, you know who those top three guys are going to be. But there are about six guys who could step up on any given night and be your fourth best player, and that's what makes them dangerous. Right, and uh, it was Anthony who also threw in Haywood Highsmith as well. So that's another guy you could get in the mix with it. And, you know, right, but Haywood's going to always bring you elite defense. The shot may fall and it may not. And he's elevating there offensively, not just with the shot, but his ability to create and get to spaces that he traditionally hasn't gotten to, like that in-between okay. game. He's kind of been developing the float and the push shot since last year. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be – now, I'll say this about Haywood. Haywood's going to be, at minimally, your third best defender every night. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said before, when we first tackled this topic, like, there's so many good names, as you mentioned, Kay, like, that you could throw into that type of discussion, which is why it's kind of hard to just pick one guy specifically, which is why now we're kind of um, into this next topic where we want to address the guy who's definitely up there as arguably the best player for the Heat this season in BAM, and 
you know, one accolade that he's constantly missed out on because of, you know, whether if it's bias or missing time altogether, you know, it's been the fact that he hasn't been able to make an All-NBA team. So with the way how he's played this year, I just want to know how confident that you you personally feel that by the time the 82 games are played, Bam Adebayo will make an All-NBA team. This on me? Yes. Okay, my bad, boss. Um, we'll make a. I mean, we'll make an All NBA team. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we know Jokic and probably Embiid will get those first two spots. So, how we feel about at least making All NBA thirteen? It's tough, man. Because like, here's the thing: lineup wise, when you're looking at a, a sheet or like you know the opening lineups or you know, when you're looking at, um, I mean, anything, Bam's going to scream five, right? But Bam's skill set is almost more forward than center. So I'm asking, I guess what I'm asking, is there a chance that Bam is so good that you classify him by his skill set and not his position? I'm, I'm asking that question. Do you all think that's a possibility? Didn't they didn't they change the all NBA teams now to basically be like just either positionless or front court backcourt? Like I think right. I think, I they thought it was I think positionless, they yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was forward, forward, center, guard, guard. Like no one. Two, it three, used four, to five. be, yeah. It used to okay, be. Okay, okay. So now it's just front court backcourt. I don't oh, even okay. know if it's, it's front court back. It might, yeah, it might be positionless to be totally honest. Okay, well, with I'm that being said, because then, yeah, because then you can maybe put Jokic at like somewhere else, you know, whether if it's if you want to put him out. Oh, he, I mean, wherever it is, it's going to be on first team. All yeah. I'm saying is that that open, you know what I'm saying, that open interpretation of what the game is and what positions are certainly increases the likelihood. I mean, Bam right now is playing at an all NBA level. Um, when you consider what he's doing on both sides of the court, um, which is something that we're going to get to at some point. But with that open, you know what I mean, interpretation, no, he has to be three at minimum. He's definitely going to make one of the NBA teams at minimum. Right. You can't not keep him off. If he continues to play at this level, which I fully expect, because, again, um, you just met me, Anthony, but you'll come to learn that I'm very explanative. Um, <laughs> like, Bam is one of those guys where you're going to have to consider what he does on both sides of the ball when you're considering his overall awards. Like Bam is a guy, you're going to include his defense in his MVP case. You know what I'm saying? Um, But even with that, what I've been asking for was not aggressiveness. And I changed my wording last year. And you guys know that I changed it to assertiveness because what you have to look like is that you want to engage, even if that doesn't mean taking a shot. And what Bam looks like on every single play um, right now, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, especially in those moments where his team needs him to make a play, is assertive. And as long as he's being assertive, because he does so much of everything, you're not going to be able to keep him off of that all-NBA situation. Exactly. And I mean, it's just, he, he just deserves it, man. Like, let that man get his paper. Like, it's about time. Like, please, that needs to be the agenda. Screw Defensive Player of the Year or that other propaganda stuff because they'll give it to a guy like Jay. I, they're saying Rudy Gobert might get that award again. So if y'all want to give it to, um, what's it, what, what do they call him, Baguette Biombo? 
go ahead and give it to him. Who cares? But, you know, we all NBA, bro. Like, don't mess with that man's paper and give him the award for crying out loud. And I see, Alex, you quickly unmuted. Is there anything you want to throw in there? Oh, yeah, I just went and looked it up. And so the all NBA teams, they are positionless. So so it could be like I saw the article that I saw talking about it said it could be a there could be a team where it's all perimeter players or they could be a team with all front court players. And like the prediction for the first team all NBA that I saw was I think it was it was Jokic, Embiid, Luka, Tatum and Shea. Like that was who they predicted for the first team all NBA. But um the second and third team, there was no no Miami Heat player in sight, but we'll we'll really handle not- that throughout this season. Yeah. There was I'll send I'll I mean send you the link to the article. You gotta look at that with a certain level of farceness already because there can't be any prediction, exactly. even with you know what I'm saying what he got out. I'm not even just saying bam, of course you throw that, but like it don't have A D up there. Like, I mean, AD been Giannis, no Giannis on first team. Right. Like, that's I mean, ridiculous. Like, all of that. I didn't want to throw that out there because, you, you know, Giannis people is on can... the first team. I apologize. I oh, Giannis okay. is. Okay. okay. But, you, okay. Could, but you could point to the Bucks' record and they're underperforming depending on when that list came out. But, nah, just look at what AD's done, man. AD's been a freak. For him not to be on that list anywhere, you already have to take a second look at it. Yeah. And then I will preface it by saying this article – that I'm looking at, it came out before the season started. So this was, it was posted um, September 20th. Wait, September 20th or, cause that, I think that was before the Dame trade. Okay. It was September 27th. So I think on here, hold up, let me scroll. Cause they had Dame on the second team. And yeah, on this on this they already have. So was it BT or AT? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like it's gonna be his year. Hopefully, it is because I just want to see our guys get their accolades, like just point blank, period. And before we get into this final topic, I just want to know, is there anything I want to throw out there before we talk about this heat game against the Hornets? I mean, I got to say this because I wasn't well, on. I'll, so. I'll, oh, go ahead, Alex. Please, it's your, it's your I'll world. mine for after that, actually. Uh, um, I wasn't on before oh, was, that, which is my fault. Fo- Alex! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my brother! But, Go ahead, brother. It's you. I'm just messing with you. Alex, you good? (laughs) So now he's not going to say nothing. Um, Well, I tell you, we got to get Cole in here to work this thing out. Oh. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get my little spew out. Um, I just wanted to mention, because I wasn't here um, early, and again, forgive me for that, but when you look at these last two games, um, it shows this Miami Heat team's grit early, man. Starting off the season the way that they did, but not only going into that Hawks game like severely shorthanded when you look at, um, you know, not having Jimmy, not having Tyler, but then on the second half of a back-to-back, also not having Kyle, who was absolutely highlighted and, you know, just illuminated his importance to this team um, so far this season. Um, 
yo, you just, you're so elated because this team hasn't played a game at beyond 75%. Mm-hmm. Altogether, at, they haven't played a single game beyond 75% as a unit. And I'm not speaking specifically health because everybody's dealing with injuries. I'm just thinking in the grand scheme of it all, when you think about what 100% or let's just say 98% of their roster will look like, um, you know, during winning time later in the season and as the playoffs roll around, they haven't deployed a 75% plus unit all season. And we've already seen like them show that ability to overcome adversity win games they shouldn't win, make big comebacks. Like, oh, it's special. It's going to be special, man. I mean, because Bam is Bam is arrived. Come on, bro. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, look at that Hawks game specifically. Like, you know, you didn't have Jimmy. You didn't have um Tyler. And you were still, like, we dominated most of that game. And it's hilarious because. Didn't shoot the three well, bro. Didn't shoot. Yep. That's the crazy part. Like, they did not shoot the three that well. They just made a bunch of other shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what I'm saying? Grind it out. Good offense. I mean. Yeah. Like the fact that, and you know, you had the Hawks, you know, I don't know what the hell their PR team was thinking of when they came up with that. But y'all, y'all probably seen that little OnlyFans video they did. But for the Heat to come out there and then bend them over a few days later, and I ain't going to say nothing more after that. Yo, I'm, they're kids. They're yeah. kids out there, Joe. They are kids. Oh. This is your program. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, for them to bend them over. Well, you know, I ain't going to say You that. did not have to say Dwight Howard. Went Different back terminology here, Joe. Come on, man. Come on, man. You Come did on, not man. have to say that, Joe. You know what you were saying. <laughs> uncalled for. Uncalled for. Jesus. Un- just, just like, unbelinderated shots at Dwight. Wow. I mean, like, I'm just saying. Wow. Jokes be writing themselves. <laughs> like, you can't just make a OnlyFans reference like that. And then get, and then get like blown that. out by 15. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting on the Zion trade when they said OnlyFans. Wait a minute. Come on now. Is, is Zion going to Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and let's see, Anthony. I know you had something you wanted to throw in. Yeah, definitely. Just, I mean, starting the season pretty poorly. I think we were, what, three and four at one point or maybe even two and four. Just, I think you got to give your, you got to give a round of applause to Eric Spolstra for how he's turned things around so quickly with all of the injuries we've been dealing with. I mean, he's done such a good job at finding who's on that night because outside of Bam, no one has really been that consistent before Tyler went out. I mean, Tyler was playing very well, but since he went out, Spolstra has done a fantastic job of finding who's the going to be that secondary guy that night, whether it's Duncan, whether it's Kyle Lowry. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, Alex, I'm assuming the lagging stopped. So, yeah, I, I hope I'm good. I hope I don't lag out again. I'm, I think I'm good now. <laughs> I'm just so- reading, I'm reading Alex's below his tagline where it literally says I lagged out. Everybody check that out, by the way. Um, I also want to add something to Anthony's take. That I, to your point, bro, I I really like that because this is often the situation the Heat find themselves in where, you know, somebody goes down for a little bit and you discover something. I want to say that's how we did. You know, we saw Caleb's true powers in Milwaukee when we were without Jimmy. We like, wait a minute. Hold on. You know what I mean? So it's like 
not having some of these guys allow Hame to show you what he can do when you give him that opportunity. It allowed Duncan to fully display what his diversification looks like. So um, they'll tell you I'm a, I'm eternal optimist, but I'm also optimal realist. So I say what I see, but although I'm express what the best side could be, this isn't that. This is just realism. This has allowed other guys, whether you look at Drew Smith, I mean, wait a minute, let, let's take a, let's put a pin right there. Um, people will trip over themselves to poo-poo Drew Smith. I'm not saying he's an elite. Oh, it's Hall ridiculous. I'm, it's I'm ridiculous. not saying none of that. He's a third point guard, but I mean, what more can you ask from your third? I mean, guy? he played well last night on against the Spurs. He had 12 points, four assists. Gave you us can't a complain about a performance like it. that. Exactly. Um, there were guys who couldn't make shots. He got to the lane, created fouls, created, you know, action, Um, always scrappy on defense. I mean, those things. So I just, like you said, man, to your point, you got to salute Spo um, for not only figuring out, you know, which guy to go to, but allowing those guys to step into a role that's going to mean a lot more as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. And then... Let's see. Anything y'all want to add on before Alex? If you, because I know you were trying to say something with before um Kate ch um chimed in. So, are do you remember what you were gonna say? What's up? So yeah, I, did did y'all guys already talk about the um the Hornets game or no? No, we're actually uh, about to dive into that for that next topic. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say my man fell behind. He like we 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 did I miss? Wait a minute. <laughs> Yo. So, yeah, Which one I'm of y'all kicked I'm a, me? <laughs> I'm going to add what I got to say after we talk about this Hornets game. All right, perfect. So with that being said, we'll just get right into it. So Heat played the Hornets. I believe this is an in-season tournament game, which means Jimmy might not troll because the championship is on the line. So, you know, I can't wait to see another masterpiece from him. I mean, listen, in-season tournament, Jimmy, uh, like, I'm excited. So okay, since you said it, Joel, some of them layups last night. Like I'm looking at Jimmy, like, bro, you threw it over the rim. Like Jimmy had his shot put game going last night. I mean, I'm thinking that he regained the three ball touch and lost it everywhere else. He'll find it, but it's like he has no touch from the middle to the rim right now. None. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I said, you know, it's part of that trolling. You know, does that man even care about basketball? And then, boom, playoff time, he just goes out there and does his thing. So that's why, like, tomorrow he's got a chance to get even closer to holding up that, what is it, the NBA Cup or whatever they're calling it. So, you know. He, I don't even know. Whatever they call that thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think he's going to try his best to win it because – he played really – what was the first in-season tournament? Oh, it was against Washington. That's right. You know, he seemed to have a really good game Washington. against them. Yeah, so I think he's going to go out there and have another good game against Charlotte because, you know, God forbid someone gets in the way of him getting that trophy. So he, he ain't leaving empty-handed, you know. I think we will still win the championship. That's why my name is what it is. But, you know, he, he ain't leaving here empty-handed. So – that man is going to go out there and try to get that NBA Cup, and it's going to be a great moment when he wins it this season. So with that all being said, um, who else is trying to chime in? I mean, I, I completely agree. I think this is a Jimmy game. Um, all things considered, Bam's been playing great. I don't expect that to stop, especially against the Hornets. Um, 
you know, no disrespect to them, but I would hope that this would be a pretty easy win for us. But it's it's the Miami Heat, so it's never an easy win, right? Yeah. But, you know, I would expect Bam to play pretty well with that relatively weak Hornets front court. And then I, I agree, this, this hopefully will be a Jimmy 30-point game, get some of that touch back like you were talking about. I mean, that that's what I'm looking for. Right. You Is know, this game I mean, in Charlotte? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Bam always wants to play well at home. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the Hornets' young front court. They do have length and size, though. Um, I respect what Richards can do on the boards and from a shot contestant perspective. Williams is Williams. PJ's undersized, though, so he always owns PJ, um, fortunately for us. Um, you know what I mean? But I, that's my thing with the Hornets. When it comes to the Hornets and the Wizards, bro, for some reason, and it's that whole um, division thing, I throw the records out the window because those games are always tricky. Like, it might not happen. The better team might show up and blow the other team out. But there's always like a 50-50% chance that no matter the records, it's going to be one of those games because these teams have played each other so much that there's just something there between them. Um, right. But like like everybody else is saying, though, I fully expect the Miami Heat to go out and handle their business. I expect Jimmy to come ready to be Jimmy. Um, I expect Bam to come out and do what he's done all season long. You're getting Kyle Laurie back in the lineup again. Like we said it instantly once Tyler went down, a bunch of us, I'm sure all you guys said it too, didn't see it. Forgive me. Um, follow me once you get a chance, by the way, Anthony. Um, Kyle Laurie was going to have to step up in a major way. Um, so I expect to see that. Um, I expect to continue to see Hame look like a, you know, fourth year vet in his first year. Um, and as long as these guys just continue to do the same things they've done consistently, um, you have no choice but to think this Heat team will win. Because it's it's not about – of course, you know, you want shots to fall and whatever, but it's not a, it's not even about that, bro. If they're running their stuff, if they're moving, if they're letting their rock move and playing like Miami Heat defense like they've been playing across these last three, four games or so, um, more often than they haven't, um, they got a shot against anybody, and that definitely means in the Hornets it's an in-season tournament game. Go get that cup, Jimmy. Go get it. Go get it. Yo, and, you know, especially, you know, y'all mentioned Bam having a good game, too. I mean, his alleged girlfriend just won the WNBA Finals, Finals MVP. So, you know, if you can go out there and bring some more hardware into that house. Um, are you buying into that, Joe? Talk about it. I mean, talk, <laughs> some, everyone, I, I, I want to know. What do we think? Do we? I mean, do we think there's any validity to that? I mean, because I mean, Bam, Bam got sauce right now. But, dude, he got sauce right now. Like, I- like this, I mean, because it does seem like there is something there. I mean, I won't get into it too much, but some folks say that she's just, you know, chilling at the games and stuff. She's trying to keep a low profile, which is why you never see her like sitting courtside or whatever, or you know, like posting stuff on her social. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. He's talking about this in the middle of Heber Hornets, but um. I- <laughs> I mean, one thing that's the school I want to see. That's the school I'm talking about. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, one thing I'll say someone said she was at a game and she was hanging out with Bam's mom. So take that, whatever info you will. But hey, if you were mama out of bio, it's some going on. Yeah, because you know, Bam, Bam loved his mama. So oh, Bam loved himself, himself. Yeah, so you know. <laughs> you know, if you cool with Bam's mom, you definitely cool with Bam. So, yeah. 
Oh, let's see. But aside from all of that, uh, Alex, how about you? Not about the um, Bama Asia thing, but about this game. <laughs> um, I definitely think that the the Heat should get the dub. Um, but like like Kay was saying, man, like these these games between division rivals, if we could say that, um, it always always can get a little tricky. Um. The Charlotte Hornets have Hall of Fame random scrub heat killer Ish Smith, um, who has definitely given me nightmares in the past. So hopefully, hopefully um, he doesn't have one of his one of his Hall of Fame random scrub heat killer games. And then we'll be able to take care of business because right now on the injury report, it says that they have Terry Rozier out. So that would definitely, definitely help us out. He was so, Yeah. Um, I'm definitely expecting that the Heat go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, and at least Mason Plumlee is gone. I just got to mention that. So, you know, he can go rock with the Clippers, man. Chill out, bro. Chill out. Chill out. But you also have to give this, you also have to give this some merit, though. And, and of course, you know, all of us think hoops, so we probably thought this. With Terry going down, that has given LaMelo more rock reign. And you saw it instantly. The game after Terry went down, LaMelo had arguably his best game in probably, you know, 30 games going back to last season. So um, is that worse for us with LaMelo getting active? You know what I mean? Now we want to play with pace. So that might be greater for us, well, better for us, because, you know, he's going to get up and down. Um, it's just, you know, you have to ask yourself that. But I'm right along with Alex, though. I mean, they, they don't have as many shot makers on the floor. Gordon Hayward is having a decent year. You got to include that. Um, but no, I, I was just wanted to throw that out there. Right. So overall, you know, I think the expectation is that the Heat should get this win. Um, before we close out this pod, is there anything you guys want to mention before we call it an episode? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this, so finally, I hope, like I said, I hope I'm not lagging, but with, with, uh, with how well, I guess, I mean, Haywood can probably put it be put in that um in that in this category with how how well Haywood is playing, with how well Duncan is playing, and honestly with how well Jaime Hawkins Jr. is playing. With Caleb Martin being on a one year deal, how expendable does this make him? Oh, uh, why are we doing this at the end, bro? <laughs> oh my God! Oh man. I'm sorry. I just I just been thinking about it because we can really have a legit discussion about it. I don't know. We can let we me plug my computer in. We, we can come back to this. We can we can, <laughs> we can table that and we can come back to it. I just I just had to get that out there in the in the atmosphere. I mean, I'll just make my answer short. Um, whatever we could get for him, I mean. I mean, shoot, you could get, like, a good piece in return from, like, a guy that could help this team win a championship this year. I mean, you're not going to get maybe a star with just Caleb, but if you could get, like, a good role player in return for him. Because, like we mentioned before, there are a lot of good players out there that's already looking like the fourth best guy for this Heat team right now. And that was the spot that we were anticipating Caleb to hold. So, you know, even with the injuries and stuff, you know, we're 6-4 and right now, and we're still doing our thing. So... You know, you'll have to see how much value he'll have, especially once he goes out there and does his thing and shoot, whatever you could get. 
That's all I got to say about that. Uh, my opinion on it, I I think we just got to wait wait and see. I want to see him come back and get some minutes before I make any any decisions. But you know, if he if he comes back and he's you know relatively similar to how he was last year, I think if the right opportunity pre- presents itself, why why not why not change things up, see if it helps. Yeah. Well, well, well. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to ask me this question today. I felt it. I, it was, it was, it was all up in here. It was all up in here. <laughs> um, listen, man, y'all know me. I'm not about making moves for the sake of making moves. I get it. You know, there's a lot of talk about Caleb's tools being redundant with the emergence of Haywood and Hamid. No, you can never have enough three and D wings, bro. Not in this league. Mm-hmm. And their skill sets are similar. But neither of those guys offer that top end. What the f- did I just see that Caleb offers? And there's value there. I feel good about Hame one through five. I feel great about Hame two through four. I feel amazing about Caleb one through three. Like there are slight differences that separate them even though they're all the same. I'm going to go further. Everybody's talking about Caruso. Mm -hmm. Aren't you being a bit redundant? And in fact, aren't you shooting yourself in the foot? Because while you could make a case that Caruso's a little better than Caleb on defense, the drop-off of what you're losing everywhere else makes up for that difference in defense for me. So unless there's a surefire situation, if there's a better deal, you always improve your team. But unless there's a surefire situation and no situation is ever surefire, but I mean, as close to knowing as surefire as you can get, why move a guy who not only has stepped up for you in the biggest moments, not only has been the conference finals MVP for you, um, not only has played his butt off while being underpaid, not our, you know, we won. That's not our business that you was underpaid, but I'm just saying, um, like, what are we doing? Right. Is there anyone that wants to add on to? Cause like I said, man, this is a good convo to have in like another episode. I didn't, I was yeah. paying this bomb to drop. <laughs> Like, right when we was about to close. Leave it to Alex. I mean, Alex, you know, he, he's the guy with no picture today. It's always the guy with no picture <laughs> that bring on the drama. Like, it's usually Dean, but Bro, today. This, this last part, it was Dean and George acting. <laughs> the two folks with no camera. And now well, I, at, least, at least your picture is safe for work, though, because if it was George, not only would what he's saying be not safe for work, but his picture would be, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, George be wilding. About that. Cause <laughs> I mean, so we talked about a lot, a lot today. Um, is there anything else y'all want to throw out, assuming that's not gonna take a whole episode to discuss about it? Yep. I mean, I'll you know, we could pick up this Caleb thing next week, but I'll finish it off with just saying if we could swap Caleb Martin and Alex Caruso right now, I would do it. I'll leave it at that. 
I'll wait till next week. Wait till next. You gotta wait till next week, and I'll explain why then. I'll explain why then. I gotta make sure I'm here for that part. I will put a previously on Heat vs. the World, and then we'll put that one clip right there. There you go. So yeah, I mean. I feel like so. Does anyone else got anything else, or are we good to go to head out? The hourglass of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> this is as the world turns. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm done. I'm done. I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, man. So this was a funny episode, man. I can't lie. We talked about a little too much, but you know, thank y'all so much for tuning in, though. And much shout outs to all of our guys for hopping in. Uh, Anthony, um, well, I, so because I was gonna ask you this before the show, um, can you just quickly um say your Twitter handle just so I know how to pronounce that last name? Yeah, man, it's just Anthony Passy, just first half of my last name. Got you. All right, so make sure to follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Passy. Make sure to follow Alex on Twitter at underscore Coach Lewis One. Make sure to follow K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoeKJacob underscore. And make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all platforms at HBTW Podcast. Got a lot of things headed y'all way real soon, so make sure y'all check it out. And, yeah, I mean, yo, it's going to be a fun season. We're on a five-game winning streak. Hopefully, we can keep it going the next time we go on another episode, whether if it's Biscayne Breakdown or a Heat vs. The World show. We'll wait and see. But until then, y'all, is there anything y'all want to say? Any final words? Let's get a win tomorrow. Ditto. Leave it at that. Yes, sir. All right. So with that being said, thank y'all for tuning in to the Heat vs. the World podcast. Until next time, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.